Hello, and welcome back to the Get Unstuck and On Target podcast. I'm Mike O'Neill, your host from Bench Builders. We're speaking with inspiring business leaders to help uncover tips and tools to help you break down the barriers that are keeping you or your business stuck. Joining me today is Kristen Mashburn. Welcome, Kristen. Hi, thanks for having me. We actually have invited you back for those who were part of our webinar series, Kristen was a guest and she resonated so well with the folks who listened in that I've invited her back to be one of our early guests on this new podcast. And particularly, the reason I wanna invite Kristen is Kristen did something pretty brave. And that is, she was a, an executive on top of her game who decided maybe it's time for me to hang out my shingle and become a consultant. I don't know about you, Kristen, but I've had more people say, ah, oh, I wish I was doing what, what you are doing. Do you describe yourself as a consultant? Yeah, that's, that's how I describe it. Um, sometimes I honestly uh, get a little caught up in the language <laughs> of what the best thing to call it is. Is it an advisor? What, what am I doing? Um, but yeah, consultant, I think company culture consulting is what I do. So if you're a company culture consultant and you came out of an executive role, for those who don't know you, can you describe the role that you were in just prior to making this move? What did you do? Sure. Yeah, my title before this was actually a chief of staff. Um, and so it was sort of similar to a COO style role. Um, and I was in a financial institution. And so my responsibilities were really the branch structure, the marketing facilities, call center. Uh, it was, you know, sort of half of the financial institution, basically, um, was who reported to me. And the role, you know, it kind of, it, it, as every role does, it kind of started as one thing and ended up as another. Um, and ultimately, what I was doing was a lot of work to make sure that my employees were able to do their best work. And so it turned into culture work, really. And that's where I started getting really passionate about um, culture and just researching as much as I could and um, checking out what other companies were doing. And so that really started my interest in that work. I want to learn a little more about this transition, but let's go back to that word culture. I hear it batted about, but it <laughs> might mean different things to different folks. When you describe the word culture, what does that mean to you? Yeah, I try to keep it simple and I just simply say it's how we behave at work. So it's really what's happening between the people. When I describe it to my son, my son's five. And so, you know, he wants to know what mom does. And um, what I tell him is that I help people who work on a team together to work really nicely together. Um, and that's really the best way that I know how to describe it, where anybody can understand it. I love that expression how to work nicely together. Now, you mentioned that you were in a role and it sounds as if they kept giving you more responsibility. Is that kind of descriptive of your progression within the organization? Yeah, so I actually started in the organization in a marketing role and things just kind of evolved from there. And what I learned 
marketing was something I was so passionate about. That was my degree was in marketing, those sorts of things. And um, I realized really after a couple of years of doing it is that marketing is really only as good as your customer service is. And then I kind of learned that your customer service is only as good as your employee experience is. <laughs> and so I kind of worked my way up in the strategic mindset of it all to realize what I really cared about more than anything else was the culture of the company. So you really found yourself caring about the culture of the company. You were in a very key role. Why would someone even consider doing something different than that? Uh, because they're crazy. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I like to think that I'm a little bit crazy. Uh, I really enjoyed the work that I was doing there and I really enjoyed my employees. I realize now even more than I did then how much I loved being around those people um, and, and being in that leadership role for so many people. Uh, but the thing about it for me was there was a lot of things that I was doing that I felt like weren't really in my zone. They weren't the best of me. And I wanted to be able, you know, to eliminate some of those things. But at the same time, I wanted to experience different industries. I wanted to be able to talk to lots of different business leaders. Those are things that really kind of lit me up. And I knew I enjoyed doing that because I often did that with other financial institutions, just sharing best practices and those sorts of things. And so it kind of all came together for me, knowing that maybe there was something. And, and to be clear, I didn't know exactly what I would do when I left. So that probably sounds like an even crazier thing to do. Um, but it's something that I planned for like a year, knowing I was going to leave. I needed some time away from my financial institution just to clear my head and see what was next for me, dream for myself. Um, because I had really gotten to a place there where I was so part of that culture. I didn't know who I was outside of being part of that company. Um, and so it took me completely sort of separating from them um, to be able to dream about anything else that I'd want for myself. And um, I channeled that inner energy into consulting work. You know, you mentioned that you weren't sure what you're going to do, but that process began, did you say almost a year in advance? Yeah. So about a year before I left, I had made a promise to myself. And part of this kind of comes down to I had had some health issues and they were pretty serious. And it helped me to consider my mortality a little bit and what I wanted to be doing um, when I was able to reenter the workforce. And so I reentered the workforce and, you know, kind of got things going. But I realized that I wanted something different or something more. And um, I started planning and, and that's, you know, planning because I needed to save because I wasn't going to be in a situation where I, I knew I couldn't make a transition seamlessly. And that's particularly for me, I felt such a loyalty towards where I was before. Um, and towards this financial institution, I couldn't do, I couldn't do the two things at one time thing that was just never going to work for me. So you found yourself so kind of immersed in the culture with a sense of responsibility. But what I think I understood you just said is that you wanted to be true to them and true to 
you. And so you decided you're not sure what, but you're going to be doing something else. Uh, is it about that point that you thought, hmm, maybe I can go help other financial institutions or other organizations? That, that, is that the start of the idea of becoming you know, a consultant? I think, I think what's interesting is I went completely unassuming of what it was that I would do. And as I began to tell my team that I was leaving, they're trying to fill in dots for me, sort of. And everyone kept saying, well, you're going to be a consultant, right? Like that's obviously that's what you're going to do. And it was, it was really them in a lot of ways that helped me to see just how I showed up, like how I was as a leader and the kind of role I could fit for other organizations. They almost immediately pegged me as doing that kind of work. And it really opened my eyes because I had not even honestly considered that as a possibility until I announced that I was leaving. Yeah, I love to hear you say that because what I'm hearing you say is that the folks who you cared about and that you manage kind of steered you in a direction um, that, in fact, that's the direction you went in. When you made that decision, I'm going to make, make this move, um, how did that make you feel? Oh, uh, I would say there are lots of different moments of feelings. I, you know, the idea that I was sort of shooting for was this freedom freedom of my time um, in the way that every day I could decide how I spent my time, you know? And, and so I would sort of, from a mindset standpoint, as I was thinking about doing the hard things that got me to that place, it was focusing on what does it feel like to have that freedom, you know? being able to shed my identity of who I thought of myself, because I was there for a decade. So being able to shed this identity of who I was a person, kind of starting over. And so I felt a lot of freedom in that. I felt a lot of uh, sense of responsibility, I guess. You know, it was very hard for me to separate. I almost cannot overemphasize how hard it has been for me to leave because I truly cared about them and there weren't issues. Does that make sense? It, it wasn't a situation where um, I was escaping something, you know, and that was tough. And, and all too often what we hear are people escaping and you were choosing you know, we entitled this podcast, Get Unstuck and On Target. Um, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but did you find yourself kind of with a sense of there's nothing wrong with what I'm doing. I love what I'm doing. I love what the people I'm working with, but mm -hmm. was there a sense of being stuck? Yeah, I, I think there were two levels of being stuck for me. One is I felt personally I was a bit stuck. So if I look at my learning curve within the organization, you know, the, my trajectory was just, I mean, and it was straight, man, might have been more like this. It was, I was learning so much and I was being so challenged. And, and it wasn't that that completely stopped for me, but I felt that that slope was becoming a little bit more level. And at the same time, and I knew that about myself, but at the same time, even though no one had ever expressed this to me, and honestly, I don't know that people believed it when I told them that this is the way that I felt, but I felt that the organization, what they were gaining from me 
had also began to do that. And that's because we were getting to a point where we had so many leaders in place who could totally own their work, who were strong leaders. They didn't need me as much. Whether they realized it at that point or not, they really didn't need me as much. And so we were stuck there too. I felt like if I were to leave, some of the leaders would actually get an opportunity to be promoted. There would be opportunities for them to get out of stuckness too. Uh, you know, and, and I wonder if that's a, a reality that I've created for myself, um, but I did pitch that to a lot of my employees when I told them I was leaving of, you know, hey, you might be able to get promoted one day or, you know, there's opportunity within this with me leaving. Um, but yeah, that's just the way that that's the, the way that I had about it. This very like things were getting a little stuck and there was opportunity. You know, you described kind of an evolutionary process, whereas your employees kind of help give you some insights of what you might would do. But then you very immediately as a leader began looking at how might my departure be healthy for you personally, mm -hmm. how it might be actually healthy for the organization. And as a leader, you are in essence selling that transition. You know, you made the decision to make the transition. You decided, all right, I'm going to go help organizations uh, on their culture. Mm -hmm. And you decided to kind of go out and do that. Can you give us a little bit of a feel for that process? Um, you made a decision. It was a somewhat of a protracted process, but you orderly transitioned. Did you take, I think you said, a little bit of a break between leaving the financial institution and actually starting? About how long of a break did you take? Yeah, so I left the organization at the beginning of December, and I took about three or four months to sort of formulate my plan. Part of that was I kind of promised to myself, you know, over the holidays, this is going to be a year where I just, you know, I clear my plate a little bit and I enjoy my family, those sorts of things. And then, you know, I was, I was in denial in a lot of ways that, that starting my own business, um, that that was what my path should be, I think, for a while. It took me a while and it took me having a lot of people encouraging me to have, honestly, I'm going to say the self-esteem or, you know, just the awareness that that was something that I could do, you know, and then that was probably the best path for me next. Um, because I had not, I had not imagined that that would be the path for me. So I struggled with that for a little bit. And so it was about April then, um, after that departure that I was sort of ready to go out and start actually obtaining clients and those sorts of things. You know, you did what you did at that organization for 10 years. Um, you sound almost as if you came to the conclusion of being a consultant almost reluctantly, mm -hmm. but you also afforded yourself the time with a transition to get through the holidays, through the first of the year, and then be kind of begin in earnest. Um, when you began thinking about how could I help other organizations, what was one of the biggest hurdles that you had to overcome as a new business owner um, in making known that you're out there and open for business? Yeah, I, 
I would say that that process, I had more self-discovery during that process than during maybe anything I'd done in my life. And I've had some hardships through the years. I've done some things, Um, but it was feeling confident in myself and feeling sure of myself. And I had, we've all encountered some pretty sleazy consultants, salespeople, all those sorts of things. And I had, I had always knew that that was not the path that I wanted. I, I, I like to pride myself on being a bit of an authentic, you know, that kind of person who never wants to, you know, who wants to lift other people up, not myself, all those kinds of things. And I was having trouble rectifying what that would look like in my world. In fact, when I graduated with a marketing degree, I had a bit of a existential crisis about the fact that I would be in marketing um, because of the nature of sales. Uh, because I'd seen it done so poorly so many times, I was afraid that there was no hope for me to be able to do it in a way that I felt was honestly morally <laughs> okay. And, and that's when I, you know, I was able to find outlets that I felt very comfortable with and that I think were on the up and up, those sorts of things. But I was having to navigate that. And so that was a bit of a of a challenge for me. So being able to stand up and say, people want to hear my advice, people appreciate hearing from me, you know, those kinds of things were things I really had to work on. And I've come a long, long way (laughs) in that in the last couple of years, for sure. You know, you've, I appreciate your openness with us because you describe your experience that consultants as a group sometimes get a bad rap and salespeople uh, as a group sometimes get a bad rap and lo and behold you own your own business it's a consulting business and you're selling your your services which is you Um, Mm -hmm. does one need to be able to muster courage to do things that just don't feel right? And is that what you found yourself having to do is just to muscle through this? Yeah, I have often said, like, if you are wanting to start a business, particularly a business where you're selling yourself, um, you cannot be afraid to move towards fear. (laughs) Like that needs to be something that you have set up an established pattern of doing that you are are willing to go to scary places um, because otherwise it's going to be a very hard road to hoe. It's going to be very difficult, um, and, and that's what I found myself doing. You know, I'm constantly between these two decisions of: Am I afraid of this because this is the right decision, or am I afraid of this because intuitively I know it's the the wrong decision? You know, and trying to decide which path to follow. But um, I found in a lot of times moving towards fear uh, can really have profound effects on your career. In what ways? Um, Yeah, I think when I'm trying to think of like specific circumstances. Not so much specifics, but in general, you're recognizing that your willingness to move towards the fear actually makes you more effective at what you're doing? Yeah, 
I mean, I've always loved a challenge. <laughs> That's, that is 100% part of who I am is always wanting to be challenged, which you could probably pick that up from the story that I told of leaving the financial institution is that, you know, I felt like the, the challenge wasn't the same as it was before. Um, but yeah, being able to sort of lean into those moments, figure out why you're afraid of the situation, me recognizing, you know, what's this about? Why does this scare me? Um, teaches me so much about myself um, that ultimately I become more self-aware and I'm a lot more powerful the more self-aware than I am. You know, you say that with such humility, but that self-awareness obviously kind of translates into a sense of self-confidence mm -hmm. that, you know, when they're engaging you to come in and help them on culture, you have to have some degree of confidence in who you are and what you could do for them. But there's a realness about you that comes through loud and clear. If you are concerned that you would not be perceived as genuine, put that aside. You come across as very open and genuine. And you did something that I would describe as risky. You told to our listeners here your personal story and you didn't sugarcoat it. You described it as hard. And if, because you strike me as someone who is willing to share your wisdom with those who ask, you know, if you had something that you said, I want to make sure that a person considering doing the same thing I did, what might be something that you would want people to kind of hang on to as a result of our conversation today? Do you have a, a nugget of wisdom that you would want to make sure that we get heard? Yeah, I think there, there are so many things, but if I had to just pick one, I'd say, you know, if you are in a place where you have spent many hours doing a certain work and you have honed that craft and, you know, that is something that, that you've been doing well for an employer, you have to be able to own that for yourself and understand this is a skill that you yourself have and really show up in a way that helps people to understand that. And I know that this particularly can be an issue for women because we tend to you know, kind of the qualifications of things. We tend to want to meet more qualifications before we're willing to say that, you know, that, we, that we're qualified to be this or we're qualified to be that. If people are seeing value in you, in what you're doing, you are qualified to do the work. That is the, 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 that is the bar for qualifications, if people are understanding that and people are seeing return from that. So I think you really have to lean into that and um, let it empower you instead of focusing on, um, focusing on, I want to say the humility so much, because the truth is, if you're not telling people about it, they're unable to feel the value. If you're not able to share with them what it is that you're doing or, you know, be in the room with them, you've got to speak up in order for that to be felt. Kristen, you have been so generous with your openness, your, your vulnerability with us, but 
folks listening, if they want to connect with you online, what's the best way for them to do that? Sure. Um, LinkedIn is a great way. So um, my, I'm Kristen Mashburn on LinkedIn. It's pretty easy to find. And um, my website is kpmashburn.com. Um, yeah, and, and that's a great way to kind of connect with me. I'm very uh, involved on LinkedIn, so I always appreciate people connecting with me there. Kristen and I are also connected on LinkedIn, so I really enjoy not only your post, but you do, uh, I've already told you this, but you do a really beautiful job of uh, what you just did with us today, and that is um, your, your videos are, are, are uplifting, they're informative, they're timely, and so I'm encouraging people to reach out to you. So Kristen, I really wanna thank you again for your willingness to share your experiences with us today. Um, thank you. Um, I'm gonna start kind of our wrap up here. And that is, I wanna just kind of thank you for joining us as a guest. And I wanna thank everybody who has tuned in to this episode of Get Unstuck and On Target. We're lining up great guests like Kristen. Uh, and I'm confident you're going to enjoy getting to know. We are uploading the newest episode every Thursday. And so we hope you'll subscribe to this podcast. Whatever your favorite platform might be, Apple, Spotify, Google, we are available there. And we encourage you to invite fellow leaders to do the same. For those who prefer a visual format, we are also uploading this in a video format on YouTube. And you can access all of these things if you want to simply type unstuck.show. That will take you straight to the sign-up page, unstuck.show. Or, of course, you can go to our website, bench-builders.com. So, again, I want to thank our listeners for joining us today. We hope you've picked up some important tips from Kristen. And we hope that these tips will help you get unstuck and on target. Until next time, thanks everybody. Take care.